Welcome back to the AEC Hive, where we're talking about innovation in architecture, engineering, and construction. I'm Ralph Montague, director at ArcDocs and co-founder of the AEC Hive. Hi, everyone. This is John Egan, CEO of BIM Launcher and co-founder at AEC Hive. Looking forward to today's discussion. We're very excited today to have Nick Naz Atai from AEC Plus Tech. Nick Naz is the CEO and founder of AEC Plus Tech and also former design technology director at ELS Architecture. Nick Naz, you're very welcome. Maybe just to get started, you could give the listeners a bit of a background about yourself and then we can get into a discussion about what you're doing at AEC Plus Tech. Sure. Thanks, Ralph. Hi, Ralph. Hi, John. Hi, everyone. My name is Nick Naz. I'm trained as an architect. I received my bachelor in architecture in Iran and then did my master of architecture at UC Berkeley here in the Bay Area at Berkeley. So for my thesis at Berkeley, I, I worked with a computer scientist and, you know, we had this computational system and I got really into that's when I got really interested in the potential applications of technology in design. And then later, when I worked as a designer at a couple of different architecture firms in the Bay Area and about five years for ELS Architecture and Urban Design, which is this great medium-sized firm in Berkeley, amazing people, beautiful projects. And I absolutely enjoyed working there. However, like many other, you know, fresh young graduates that you go to work after school, in school, you do a lot of like exciting projects, you know, research, and then you go to the practice and there's this extremely slow, you know, pace of traditional design workflows. So that was a bit frustrating for me. You know, like here in the U.S., you call it like there are diff all these different design sets like design development, construction document, CA, all that. So you work on all these like different sets and put things together and then you get to repeat the same things over and over and over. So most of the times I felt like my brain is almost like shut off <laughs> unless I was involved with, you know, a conceptual design phase of a project, you know, doing design. Otherwise, it was just like the same thing over and over. So I started doing a lot of research on like new tools. I wanted to see how is out there that could help me. <laughs> and I realized that there's actually so much that is happening in the built world tech and most of it is still unknown to the industry so people are just busy you know meeting deadlines pursuing new projects that no one except for you know this like small percentage of really big resourceful firms but the rest of the firms are all, almost all of them uh, behind and I realized that so I started this design technology group at ELS because our principals the decision makers in our office were very open to learn about new technologies and new tools so we started this group we were doing a lot of research on computational design tools sustainability visualization and then you know our, our principals were asking us to bring these tools to the office introduce them and I saw that the case studies, you know, the real showing the real world applications, basically, of these tools were very powerful and good tools to convince our principals that these are, you know, technologies and software and products that they should invest on. And, and they we started, you know, testing some of them, adapting some of them. So I realized that these case studies are very powerful. Mm. Fascinating. So is, is the purpose of AEC plus tech to do what you were doing for a single practice in terms of sort of showcasing, introducing, demonstrating tools that you want to do that now at a, at a larger scale to, you know, for a number of companies or a number of participants? Is that, is that what you're aiming exactly. to do? Exactly. 
Yeah. 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 Exactly. So AC Plastic is a is an online platform, is a website that is keeping track of the latest, you know, technologies and tools, uh, disruptive, emerging, <laughs> whatever we want to call it, through sharing real world projects. So we want to show what companies are uh, how companies are using these tools and what kind of projects they are applying these technologies to and what size of projects. So it's basically a community of startups as well as uh, AC companies and professionals who sign up, create profiles and feature their their work and projects. How do you get the community because uh, that's always an interesting question is how to get you know the community to engage and because obviously it takes time for somebody to create content to share on a platform. You know, so it would sound like AZ Tech has two two kind of players in that community. You've got the, the people who have the technologies and are trying to showcase the capabilities of the technologies. And then you have a, a group of people who are using the technologies and want to showcase the use of the technologies in real world, world projects. So in those two groups, you know, how do you encourage people to put in the effort, I suppose, to create the content, share the content? What, what's the incentive? Yeah, you know, we share with them the mission of this project, the goal, and the problem that is out there. So, you know, the problem is is really that this world of like building industry is an outdated, disconnected, decentralized, you know, world. We we all really know that. And and the thing is that so we all know that AC industry is moving so slowly in such a siloed fashion that uh, cannot keep up with the world of technology that is moving so fast, light speed. Uh, so it has to start responding to growing client demand. It has to start actually to respond to growing regulations. Like, for example, in New York now, you cannot submit a project without submitting a BIM model. And this had huge implication on how architecture firms work in New York and a burden on software companies, of course, to produce softwares that are easily adopted. And, and if you're not Gensler and you cannot afford these highly skilled design technologists and ask them to spend, you know, most of their time exploring and testing new technologies, then how are you going to know what software is, is good for you? So this is a real, a real problem that we had. And on the other side of the spectrum, there are these. So this is like the ACS industry side. And on the AC technology side, we see that there is significant amount of, you know, research, innovation, billions of dollars. $3 billion, I think, in 2019, for example, invested by VC companies on AC startups and new softwares, and actually doubling venture, I think, over the past decade into construction. Mm. So all this is happening. And then, and then so in, on the industry side, only in the U.S., there are 800,000 AC firms, and only 1% to 2% of these companies have that you know, person or team that is doing the, this, the research for them. The rest are all falling behind. So almost all small and medium-sized firms don't have the time and money to do the research. And I was actually reading this very interesting article recently by Daniel Davies. He's one of my favorite researchers mm -hmm. and writers. Then the uh, uh, article is called Cat's Boring Future. I don't know if you saw that. Yes. And he... Yeah, that was a really good article. And he explains how there is this fat middle of the uniqueness spectrum, <laughs> he calls it, that are all this like residential buildings and, you know, basically ordinary buildings, apartments, car parks, hotels. And before the technology was invented for all this, you know, landmarks by star mm. architects. But now technologies and, you know, developers, entrepreneurs, innovators, 
they've realized that this is the biggest part of our cities and our world. So now they are spending, you know, the resources to to create uh, tools and technologies for these. They're rec- like there's this rising number of tools in favor of making, let's say, mundane buildings better. Mm. So. Absolutely. And you, so, so this is a real problem. And the way that we gather the community together for AC Plus Tech, that we try to explain this gap that exists between the industry and between the technology world. And we, we invite them to come on board and share their knowledge, share their work. It's going to help them save time, money, because we are building this platform as a database that is easy for everyone to research and access things. Mm. So it's going to help everyone and, you know, ultimately help our built environments. Yeah, fantastic. That's great work. And uh, I suppose, John, you could probably comment from a technology provider's point of view. But just before that, you do that, I was going to say from a, you know, from a practitioner's point of view, I suppose my sense would be that there's so much technology out there now. And the, the, a lot of the technology is quite mature but definitely the adoption of technology is quite low. So there's probably lots of reasons for that. But, you know, the people are possibly using, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's like a single figure percentage of the capability of the technology that's out there. Um, So so we've got all these great tools and great capabilities of technologies, but very little adoption. You know, if you look at that, as Daniel was describing his article, the sort of the, the full spectrum, the adoption of, of all the capability across that spectrum is, is very low and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's mainly in the high end brackets, you know, maybe the top 10% of, of, uh, of companies are really getting into these technologies, whereas, you know, the majority are just plow, as you said, they're plowing along with traditional processes and, and tools. Yeah. But that's just my sort of view, I suppose, from a from a practitioner's point of view, that there's almost too much technology and it's very difficult to to sift through everything that's happening and see what's relevant. And so, you know, I would see AEC Tech as a very useful tool to to do that, you know, as a, as a way to to sift through everything and find what's relevant. And anyway, John, from from a technology provider's point of view, let's hear what you think. One of the biggest challenges that we perceive our potential customers to have is, I suppose, coming to realize that technology solutions actually exist to automate or improve their workflows. A platform like AEC Plus Tech can really help with the discoverability of solutions that may help the way that they work. And obviously, like you, Nick Naz, improve the way that they work by exploring and, and finding technologies to alleviate and expedite some of the work workflows and processes that they are currently doing manually. So if you have these two customer types, I suppose, Nick Naz, the yeah. practitioners, you know, maybe more like myself, and the technology providers like John, uh, maybe if you want to start with John's problem, how, you know, how does AZ Tech solve John's problem of, of people discovering uh, his... Yeah, sure. So um, actually, you know, we are 
So the goal is connecting the the two sides that you just mentioned, you know, industry to technologists and to these amazing, you know, exciting technology companies. And so, so far, if we've launched a few months ago, about six months ago, so far we have about 80 AC technology companies on the platform. And then we also have AC firms on the platform, some like prominent ones like Walter P. Moore, MBBJ, Bjark Ingel. WRNS, you know, and some others that we've invited them to come and create profiles on the platform as well and engage, you know, with this project. And of course, we are now trying to expand the presence of developers, builders, you know, the the potential customer base. And we have a, a number of VC investors who are interesting some of them have signed up. Some of them are just checking the platform. They are also interested to see what's going on. Some of these tech companies that we have on the platform are still very early stage. So I've realized I didn't really create this as a tool for VC investors, really. But now I've realized that these um, investors are interested because this company is still some of them being early stage. They want to see like what is happening and more and more investors are actually becoming interested in the in build tech and climate tech and all these different technology groups but anyways what we do is that we are we are providing this platform and we work on our search engine optimization seo we uh, the developer is making the search system as easy and as accurate as possible to find similar tools. And we are also giving categories to each tool. So let's say, so there's this AR VR tool, for example, as an example. So we give three categories to each tool and the company give because people take ownership of their profiles. So they can always change it, update it. So three categories for each tool. And then we're going to show recommendation to, so when someone is checking that specific tool, not only users can easily and quickly see all the, you know, case studies, key information, you know, basic key facts, but also they can see similar tools and they can compare them to one another. So we are hoping that this makes, because there is no idea. I did it when I was in practice, when I was at ELS part, uh, and I started that design technology committee, I was always, always looking, you know, online, <laughs> like most of my time in the office searching for it. And it was very difficult unless you go to, conferences and you're part of webinars and, you know, online events all the time. Some of them are, it was before pandemic that many of them were expensive to attend and they're lengthy. Sometimes you have to travel. Now after pandemic, you know, it's easier because most of them are online, but you had to travel all the time. And, you know, not all companies have the budget to do that. And then after you come back from the conference, sometimes you forget all that you, uh, unless you took really good notes and you, uh, you know, document everything. So with AC Plastic, I really wanted to have this, you know, online thing, one stop shop, a resource that you can go back and see what's happening. And then so the next step for AC Plastic, we are hoping that Beside growing the community and bringing more innovative companies like Beam Launcher on board and, you know, collecting more case studies. Now we have hundreds of case studies, but we are hoping that maybe in a couple of months from now, in a year, we have thousands of uh, these projects, case studies. And we have a machine learning advisor, computer scientist advisor. So he has told us that he can leverage the data to become an AI powered platform. We don't talk about it that much right now because it's not happening yet. We don't have that much data, really. It's not 
uh, feasible yet. But the hope is that once we have thousands of these projects and we, we are documenting all the information, project type, project size, everything, so we can develop a matching system or a recommendation system that if you are a comp an AC company and you're checking the platform, we're going to recommend you the a right tool for for you based on your company and your project type and your project size and if you are a tool innovator a tool maker we're gonna we're gonna suggest the best uh, potential uh, clients for you you know again based on the past projects so on um, to both sides we can create this like uh, let's say magic system and mm. I, I, we hope that will be even more useful but for now it's just it's just this system that like i said you know seo people are finding us just by google search we have a lot of like um people you know the google search like i don't know archicad things that are more known to the community like archicad versus rhino versus like revit for instance but once they come to the platform then they can see wow there are all these other tools you know now we have about like 80 companies that are registered but we have about 200 something 50 that uh, we have the profiles so, wow there are these like 250 and for they have categories so when they go to the category like they go to the beam category or to like arvr drones or different ones then they can see all the innovative companies yeah i suppose as a practitioner um i'm probably less excited about you know that number growing and growing <laughs> because <laughs> yeah as as the, as the the pool of technology available technologies grows you know the the uh, idea of trying to find what's significant and what's relevant um, just becomes you know, much more challenging. Um, but, yeah. You know, but I think what you what you said there about sort of using sort of machine learning and artificial intelligence to match people's needs mm -hmm. to the technologies and and try and filter down stuff that sounds incredibly interesting because yeah it's, it's helping people to filter through all the information that's available and, and of course all the information is available because we live in the information age and you know just about everything you want to know is, is available somewhere on the internet probably but uh, it's finding it and so it's great what you're doing Thank you. with AZ plus tech to to kind of bring that information into into a portal that uh, it makes yeah. it relevant to people and you know, Raf, I have to mention that it's not it's not an easy task to to convince these companies in the architecture and you know AC world to share with us what they are doing and how they are using these tools. Um, it's easier to convince, of course, you know, innovative company, tech companies, but we we also do want the the firms that are already using these tools to share with us how it's helping them, you know, how much time and money they are saving now, how, why they like it, what was the previous method that they had and then the biggest challenge you know earlier you were asking me about like how we are bringing the community together and the challenges one of the biggest challenges is i've realized this competition and secrecy culture that we have as like really inherent parts of our industry because you know if you think about it there is one project there's like a phys one physical project and then different companies compete and then one or like a couple of companies get to design or construct it. So, you know, we always think about 
com- competing with others and competing. Mm-hmm. You're really schooled with that. And then we have this lack of openness in our practice to, to scale towards adjacent industries and further towards policy. You know, if you think about, if you think about like medical, medis- medical field or like food industry. So our work, most of the time, it just remains a one-off set of drawings on a server somewhere, a bunch of code never to be reused. And, and finally, you know, a luxury product or a building that is out there. And But then if we look at the technology world, you know, one of the greatest gifts is that ability to scale ideas and knowledge. So when we go to AC companies and we invite them to come and share their tech-related learnings with us, then and just simply sharing their workflow and just simply share with us what their favorite product is. It's not easy because, you know, they, they are not used to that. Everyone is thinking about, wow, inside knowledge. This is our inside knowledge. I'm not going to, I've spent like so much money and time on this. I'm not going to share it with the world. But like anything else, it's a culture. You know, it's a culture that we must start to create. We have to start at some points. And it's, it always starts with a few people with a few, you know, companies, every movement starts like that, you know, yeah. initiating this and then others get inspired and follow. Okay. Wow. These like other, these 10 other companies that are the same scale as us uh, are doing that. So we should, we should do that. It's going to give us ultimately more visibility. You know, if you don't do it, then people think we're not you know, using any cutting edge technology. Um, so we all, we just ask them, so what is the, your, your favorite technology tool? What, uh, how do you think it's, is helping you? How do you think it has improved your work? And ultimately we want to help you. So just tell us. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big question. We've discussed it many times on this podcast and with John, you know, this, this idea of open source, which is a, which is very strong in the technology world of, you know, people collaborating in a much better way and opening up knowledge to a, a wider community versus, as you said, the, the competitive and secret nature that exists in the AEC tech. Did you have anything you wanted to add to that, John? Uh, one, of the, one of the last was um, around how these people that you're trying to put technology in the hands of can find the right technology. So as you mentioned earlier, you categorize by technology. So drone, VR, AR, but as a, let's say, for instance, cost consultant, I may not know that AR and VR and drones can be used in my role. So I'm wondering why you chose to categorize by technology rather than use case or role within the, within the project. And maybe you can share some insights to the decision-making process behind the design of that aspect of the platform. Yeah, John, that's a great point. So, you know, right now, the way we've categorized things uh, is that, so for, for technologies, we give them categories up to three. So let's say cost estimation, beam, and um, AI powered. So three categories for each tool. And then when we also have categories for the companies, for AC firms, um, we... Group them by industry type or sector, like architecture, construction, real, real real estate development. So we have a bunch of different industries that, uh, and also size of the company, project type. 
So most of the product, like their specialty, basically. And then for case studies, we also categorize the case studies by project types. So it gets a little complicated, but <laughs> but the um, the reason we do that because we want to, like you're saying, John, we want to for that recommendation system that we are thinking about and ultimately we want to, you know, implement and give suggestions. We want to get as much information as possible from the users, but then at the same time organize them so we can use it for our own algorithm, if it makes sense. But John, please let me know maybe later after the podcast if you have any other idea because it's it, it keeps evolving and changing. And I really welcome, you know, comments and ideas of this like categorization system yeah. that we currently have. Well, I can't really, like, I did try and build a technology database before, and this was one of the questions that I had. And by the sounds of things, you're, you're going with an approach where you can query based on any attribute of any technology, which is, I suppose, the most flexible way to do it. So that's a good approach. I think that one of the biggest challenges that I see is, you know, obviously people that aren't involved in technology, they're, you know, they're almost like looking down a rabbit hole at technology. And it's really just about how you bring them on the journey down that rabbit hole, which is the key, at least as I'm concerned, the key to put technology in the hands of the industry. You have to show people that you know, how it's relevant, how mm. it's going to make their job better. And so I don't think you should, um, as you're going along, it's forget what you're doing, what you did, Nick Naz, for your company, that, that role you had of sort of distilling all the technologies and then sort of communicating that to your design practice and, and telling them this is how it's going to make your, your job better. And, you know, so you're just doing that, that thing at a much bigger scale. Um, yeah. And also, you know, even, even the term, I've noticed that even the terminology is like John was saying, the rabbit hole, people just get scared and get afraid of these, you know, um, words. A lot of, you know, decision makers in offices are, you know, more senior professionals that don't necessarily connect, you know, with this world of technology. So it's very important that we approach them the right way. And that's why I was talking about case studies. You know, I noticed that when I show them similar companies that are using these tools, like let's say Inkscape or Lumion. Okay, look, these are 10 of your competitors. Similar, they are not like Gensler, they're not Zaha Hadid, they're not like, you know, huge companies mm. with specific kind of project. They are just like us doing residential. I don't know. If there's this just like 10 people firm that is using this tool and and then they start to listen to you you know because otherwise they just say for, oh we don't know coding you know we are not this like very rich and super resourceful company we don't have the money no 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 come on like look at the projects they are not working on you know specific type so it's important how you let's say market the product how you uh, talk to this decision makers about these tools and you really show the power in the right way so and and, and on the other side you tell 
tell them how they can integrate this tool into their workflow and it's not going to take their job. You know, there's this idea of like technology getting their jobs, getting our jobs, you know, as architects. We're not going to be around in 10 years. I don't think that's really true. It's it's just that using these tools, integrate it in, in our process and make our job better. You know, we ultimately our role may change, but it's not going to happen overnight. They're not going to, you know, mm. get our jobs. So, so you know, really like talking to practitioners, more like senior staff the right way and showing similar firms using this technology, showing cases studies may would could help a lot. Mm, absolutely. And do you think um, the fact that you didn't grow up in the Bay Area and like the sort of the center of technology, does that give you some unique insights that, you know, as you do venture into this world of building technology, but also engaging with companies, you know, because sometimes you find that people, you know, people have grown up in, in the technology center of the world, if you like, um, <laughs> ha- have a particular a view of the world and perspective that some that maybe isn't the same as people that are not in that that sphere if you like mm, that's a that's a good point Ralph I've never actually thought about it <laughs> maybe <laughs> or maybe not so you know I did my bachelor degree in Iran so so in Iran uh, I so I'm a Baha'i my religion and in Iran I couldn't go to university because of my religion it's a, it's a long story but mm. I'm thinking that maybe the root of what I'm doing is coming from that sense of so so Baha'is after the revolution happened in Iran after the Islamic revolution Baha'is were banned from going to university you know still the government doesn't let Baha'is pursue their higher education at the university so we I stayed at this like uh, underground or maybe underground is not a good word because government already knows about it but they don't let us even have those classes at homes so like all our like let's say math class physics class architecture they like police come arrest the professor it's like it's really a, like so, a long so really what you're, you're describing is an environment where you've been restri- heavily restricted from accessing information exactly uh, so i got and- <laughs> exactly so i got used to like working super hard and always getting ahead of the game because I, I we all wanted to prove to them that it's wrong. We are, we are like super talented and excited about like knowledge and education and all. So I'm, I'm used to this culture of like just working hard and just like being innovative and like going faster and than others, so I have to prove to the community that we can do it. And then we did it with the Baha'i community in Iran. So I'm also used to having a community around me always to support one another. So when I came here, so UC Berkeley was great. So UC Berkeley accepted my undergrad degree. I, uh, I did my master's there. UC Berkeley was great. But when I went to the practice, I felt there was this like slow, you know, pace of work. It was <laughs> not making me happy. You know, I just used to like, my brain is used to work all the time, like 24-7, just like think about like innovation and and architecture was not that. It was slow and I was not happy. And then like you're saying, maybe living in the Bay Area. So my husband is a machine learning scientist and a, a lot of my friends, you know, around me are like in technology and always like, again, like fast paced world. Maybe that also had some like, gave me some inspiration or ideas of this is like what we are doing in the world of architecture. It has to change and it has to change fast. Yeah. I think it's a fascinating perspective because 
on the one hand, you've, you've probably learned through your, your background the value of being able to access knowledge and information yeah, more than maybe a, West, a Westerner who's just had always had access to information and probably takes it for granted. So you, you've, you sort of appreciated that, you know, the value of information and the value of knowledge probably more than, than somebody who's just grown up around it. Because I definitely think that, that about yep. people that there's so, information is so pervasive now. It's just everywhere. It's a commodity effectively. And, uh, and people take it for granted and, and, uh, you know, sort of bl- you know, blatant or almost blatantly ignore it. <laughs> yeah, so we're, yeah. We're, we're surrounded by knowledge and information, and and yet we don't um, you know, try and get best use of it out of it. And so yeah. you know, it's, it's fascinating that you have that background of, of the two worlds, if you like, of, of a world that is very restrictive in accessing knowledge and information, and in a world that's just full of it. You know, just uh, <laughs> yeah. it's everywhere. <laughs> yep, yep, for sure, exactly. And um, yeah, hopefully that's shaping the way the AEC plus tech is is developing. Is that, is that you you're really packaging, if you like, knowledge and information in a in a, for, in a format that makes it relevant and yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. also the value of community, Ralph. You know, like yeah. so the way I studied in Iran. So the name of our university is the BIHE, Baha'i Institute for Higher Education. So it was really the community. Like our professors were are all expelled professors from universities because in Iran they also don't let Baha'is teach at the university so I I really saw the power of a community that come together and want and think about you know a collective good so I, I always think about AC plastic as a community of people who yeah. come together what would you say I mean having now experienced the the AC tech world, what is the big challenge for us? Well, like, cause what we're really interested on AC Hive is innovation and you know, how are we going to move for- things forward and progress this, this industry? So firstly, what do you find are the biggest barriers and obstacles and challenges that you're coming across? And then on the other side mm-hmm. of that, like, what are the things you're most excited about? What did- so, you know, the challenges, as far as the biggest challenges, like, you know, how we were talking about competition and secrecy, um, those I see as the biggest challenges and the lack of openness, you know, in, in our practice. And, you know, I understand that some clients may not feel comfortable sharing their information. You know, a lot of projects are confidential. But I think it never hurts to ask them. You know, we can always ask. Uh, sometimes maybe they did not even think about sharing this, like, let's say, date public data sets. So we had this machine learning event earlier this month, and one of the we had a scientist from Autodesk, uh, Chin Li, and he was sharing with us how they do not really have even Autodesk. They don't have access to a lot of public data sets, and he was saying how in our industry we don't have that many data scientists <laughs> it like again compared to other fields like you know medical field or food industry there are so many i actually have a couple of friends that left architecture and became data scientists but now they are not working in the ac industry they are working in other industries <laughs> so these are you know challenges we need more people doing research on what's out there what's needed we more we need more public data sets you know data that can be shared with everyone so they can 
do more research on it in, in, you know, um, different capacities. And so um, another challenge is it is like rigid ideas of inside knowledge. You know, this is like my company's knowledge. So that should be thrown away. Some part of it, you know, confidential project. Okay, that we understand. But the rest... We, should, we, we can always like check with and and of course you know so our industry is a three thousand year it's like thousands year old like three thousand year old almost profession so we should always remember that okay this is a really old industry we have a lot to teach of course to the tech industry and we also have a lot to learn from mm. other industries and from tech industry so and uh, I think you asked me one more question. Challenge yeah, what, and what was... what's got you really excited at the moment? About oh, excited! You know, I'm so excited about all these, you know, <laughs> tools and new products that are out there. So we have now, like I mentioned earlier, about 80 companies on like registered on our platform, and I'm literally excited about every single of them. I just get super, <laughs> you know, passionate and excited about what they are doing and the and the power of their tools you know like construction technologies we have many like genda plan loader you, i'm sure you know most of them like offside project ready green badger a lot of many more that they so what they do is that they streamline project management and construction time and they allow for efficient collaboration you know you know we all know that construction is responsible for 38 percent of carbon emissions so the less time that a project take, the smaller its environmental impact, mm. uh, of course. So I get really excited. And then there are like all these like simulation products like OMRT, Dual Software. They're doing structural simulation and there are a lot of generative design tools for various tasks. Beam products like Beam Launcher is a great tool, like a lot of like crash detection. There's layer app, Beam Spot, Beam Track. D-Roots, there's, there's so many. And then AR, VR, you know, digital twins. But we should be careful, like, sorry. Uh, you know, John John was saying earlier, like, putting the category's name. So we should be careful that we use them in the right way. Like, for instance, digital twin. So this has become a, some of these words have become, now are um, being used too um, much that people just don't get it necessarily fully what this product, what this product uh, does so like when i'm always careful when i'm talking to ac firms not to use a lot of like these acronyms these like technical acronyms because they it may just throw them off we want to we have to like explain really in a way that they fully like see the power of how it can be integrated into their process yeah and i, and I suppose with engaging with all these different technologies on your platform it's probably giving you some insight as to what's coming down the, the track. What are you seeing um, as you know, something that maybe at the moment is, is seems a bit out there or you know, people haven't really discovered discovered mm -hmm. or found useful, but like what's what's emerging? Are you thinking, well, that's you know, that's really interesting. Maybe it's not quite the right time, but you know, it's 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 emerging as a as a technology or way of doing is anything like that that you there are a couple of new technologies that i've noticed so you know now we are living in a world of you know cloud flexibility distributed team and remote work so remote hybrid work is becoming really the standard now and i think 
there is this like new generation or or everyone maybe now working remotely even though some architecture firms and I'm not sure about construction but maybe engineering are inviting their employees to go back or at least like go back a couple of days a week but a lot of people are working remotely so i think now people are thinking becoming more open minded and they are growing an appetite for doing things differently as far as uh, you know collaboration and there are more there are now tools that like let's say ar vr or there is this tool let me see if i can remember their name it's they just oh arkeo it's a company in netherland the netherland they signed up on our platform a few days ago and i really i was fascinated by the technology they have developed and it's they have the system of people working to in a virtual world people working together and they can easily like you know change this let's say height of the building or work on the this design development of the project mm. yeah it's a fascinating so, thing just yeah. i think uh, just as an architect you know, as you've progressed well, in my career anyway from the days of working on drawing boards, you probably don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, you had this massive piece of equipment that you had to to take with you. Well, you couldn't take it everywhere, so you had one in your your home and one in the studio. Um, and then you progressed to computers, and the first computers were also really <laughs> big, big, clunky, chunky uh, machines. Yeah, and over time, those have become easy to where now you can sit at home on a laptop and, uh, you know, <laughs> and collaborate with someone in a different part of the world. But that yeah. Arkeo thing with, where people are standing virtually in a space uh, around a site and sort of pulling and pushing uh, shapes and sizes and, and making decisions, it's, it's, it's really fascinating. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, also like climate tech, there are all these uh, new energy modeling tools. So when I was at ELS, I remember that for a couple of months, we were researching uh, energy modeling tools. We were looking for something like Ladybug is, is a great tool. Then we found Sapphira. We found some other tools. But um, for for all of them, you have to spend a lot of time like learning and compare them to one another. So AC Plus, like we are hoping to make that easier, but now there are more tools, like there's Cove.tool, there are some other tools, energy modeling, like also climate tech, climate change is on everyone's agenda, how we're gonna battle it. There are all these like um, 20, 30 challenges and different challenges in the US to go like low carbon, zero carbon. So these tools are also very um, exciting. And you know, another thing is that companies that sign up on AC Plastic, they are from all over the world. It's very uh, interesting and it's it's great for me to, to learn about these companies around the world because for some reason, we always tend to hear more about companies in the U.S. Or maybe it's, it's us, like, being in the U.S., but or maybe they have more funding, like, advertising their tools in the early stages. But now we have companies like FBR is a robotic company. It's a great company in Australia. They have developed this Hadrian X that is the world first mobile robotic block laying machine. Or we have Digital Blue Foam. It's a Singapore-based AI-powered company. They are working on generative design tools. So I'm excited that we are becoming a global community of people from everywhere, not just mm. the U.S. Fantastic. What's the call to action 
people obviously go to your website, so, so you you sort of targeting the two groups, the technology providers. They can create a a, a profile of, of, of for themselves, and they can use use that as a way to communicate what they're doing with your with your community. And then the other group is technology users to come and create a profile and sh- and show show off basically how they you know what they're doing in terms of, yeah. in terms of their projects. And so where where do people go? What yeah, yeah, exactly. So we call them end end users. So yeah, we have the tools and tools tool innovators, and we have the end users. So end users are either companies, AC firms, or they could uh, be like just individuals, you know, professionals who are using a certain tool and they want to share with us their project and their workflow and their learnings. So yeah, the call to action is that they they can create a profile and. Basic profiles are free. So, so far, everything has been free on our website and it's going to remain free. We are planning to add a number of features like, you know, get a demo button, a couple of other buttons that they can, that we will add to each page. And later on, in a couple of months, we will charge companies, take companies for those features. But as far as like the basic profile and, you know, um, um, yeah, that will remain free and um, everyone will still show up in our search system, uh, in a comparison section and, and all that. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we've reached the hour, Nick does, and uh, it's been fascinating talking to you and um, I'm sure we could talk for a lot more, but maybe, maybe we'll follow up with some more more conversations. <laughs> Hopefully we can meet up in person one day. Sure. Um, but uh, I think what I've come away with today is I really liked your story, your personal story about, you know, growing up in an environment where you were restricted from accessing knowledge and information, uh, going to an environment where you're now making it through your, your platform, making it uh, accessible, making knowledge and information accessible to the community, making it relevant. So great, great job you're doing. I really um, applaud you for doing that. Thanks so much, Ralph. It was a great, thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah. It was a great conversation. The time passed by so quick. Oh, no. I didn't realize it's already an hour. Wow. Yeah. John, you got anything else you want to add there? No, just wish you the best of luck with your platform. And I do intend to upgrade the BIM launcher profile on there sometime. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that, Nick Naz, and um, thanks for your time. Look forward to speaking next time. Of course. Thank you, John. Thanks for having Beam Launcher on our platform. We are very excited and honored. So hope to see you both at some point in person. Thanks, Nick Naz, and we wish you all the best. <laughs> Thank you.